This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. Learn more about the wonderfully tart Montmorency Cherry at ChooseCherries.com. HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, People of Color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership of $500 value is an advertising opportunity that will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show celebrating Asian cuisine and culture as we have conversations with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. I'm your host, Linda Liu. In this episode, we catch up with a former guest, Joanne Kwong, president of Pearl River Mart. Last fall, Joanne joined me in the studio to chat and chomp down on Asian snacks. We tasted our way through a delightful, sweet, and savory selection Joanne personally curated from her store. Today's episode is a change of pace. We talk about the adjustments she's had to make at Pearl River Mart due to COVID as customers shop online instead of in stores. We also talk about the wide range of projects she's taken on for her local communities, including her participation in Mayor de Blasio's Small Business Sector Advisory Council. Here's my conversation with Joanne. So hi, Joanne. Welcome back to the show. Long time no speak. How have you been? Hi, Linda. It's so good to hear your voice. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I've been... Um, Kind of like everybody else, I feel very blessed um, to be healthy. Um, But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a a strange time, uh, crazy time. So uh, just trying to wade my way through. Yeah, yeah. So what is the current status of the Pearl River Mart stores? Um, So Pearl River Mart's three stores are currently closed. Um, But over the past, uh, gosh, I guess it's been about nine, 10 weeks now, um, you know, we have been constantly trying to um, figure out how to how to get back to normal, how to be ready to be normal once um, New York City reopens. So um, we uh, took a little bit of time to figure out what our staffing would be once we closed in mid-March and um, and then kind of resumed shipping. Um, and we were trying to figure out, uh, you know, what do our operations look like? And, um, there was also merchandise that we needed, um, to get rid of, uh, like food and drinks mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh, right. So, yeah, um, perishables. Yeah. So I, you know, really tried to do what I could from home to try to promote it. So uh, we did, it was around March Madness. So we did like a snack madness um, with brackets and stuff, which was actually really fun. I did it with my kids. Um, Yeah, it kind of reminds me of our episode that we did together around Asian snacks and all the tastings we did. Yes, you were definitely my inspiration. (laughs) Oh, good. So I think my kids had less sophisticated tastes than you, but. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. They're the the snack taster like kings, princess. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, just over the weeks, um, like I think we know where we need to move towards um, because the landscape is going to look totally different. So, um, you know, the our, my restaurant colleagues are, you know, they had to figure out takeout and delivery. So, um, I think yeah. I think we assume that we won't be able to really rely on our brick and mortar stores as much as we did. Um, so we've always shipped. Uh, we always had a pretty e uh, robust e-commerce business, um, mm -hmm. but. Um, there are always things that you could do better um, as far as your website goes, um, especially the back ends, you know, uh, SEO and uh, maybe some Google ads, things like that. Um, but mm -hmm. also experimenting with um, delivery. So I'm lucky enough to have a car in the city and I, I kind of tool around the city in my Ford Escape. And um, and I, I like, for example, for Mother's Day, um, I made a bunch of uh, bamboo, lucky bamboo uh, plant arrangements and I drove them around the city delivering them myself. That's so cute. Yeah, and it was actually so great because um, I did it on Mother's Day. It doesn't bother me. Like I went to visit uh, my mom and I went to visit uh, my husband's parents, the Chens, mm -hmm. um, to, de to deliver their um, goodies. And it was so nice to be able to just bring a little joy to um, some quarantined moms. Um, and so that was really rewarding. And it's actually really nice because I think um, sometimes customers are surprised. Like I'll just show up and text them and be like, hey. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, are they surprised to see like, yeah, basically the business owner at their front door, typically that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think what I love is that it's it's kind of normal for Pearl River because our customers are very used to us being um, hands-on and around um, and to be able That's to great. talk to my in-laws. So yeah. um, so the, it's it's almost like it's no big deal. So I'll text them and be like, hey, it's Joanne. You know, I'm the owner of um, Pearl River. Thanks for your order. Um, and I'll be coming around, you know, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock. And they're like, cool, you know, <laughs> great to see you. And um, they couldn't <laughs> be nicer. It's, it's actually so much fun. I actually wish it didn't take as long as it did. Um, because I, I would love to do it more, uh, but I am definitely taking advantage of the suspension of alternate site parking. So that's something I'm really oh, enjoying. Yeah, right now. that's a game changer. Yes. Um, and are you guys doing any like curbside pickups, those kind of orders, or is everything a hundred percent right now e-commerce? Yes, we actually. We actually just um, announced yesterday that we were reopening for curbside pickup, and. Um, we did that because we did notice that they, we had a lot of orders from the neighborhood and it really seemed silly to have them pay for shipping when they were literally two blocks away. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So because we have a lot of um, <laughs> folks from um, Tribeca and Chinatown and Soho who order from us. Um, so um, especially now that uh, one of the things that we did was actually increase our food items because that's what people were doing. They were cooking and eating and snacking at home. Um, so I, I think many of them kind of wanted to just walk, take it, you know, take a little walk and, and come by the store. So as of yesterday, we're open on weekdays from 12 to five, um, for curbside pickup. So you just kind of place your order, um, wait for the email and then come pick it up. Nice. So, um, was it that earlier you had to kind of scale back on the food items, but now because of the curbside pickup, you're going into that again? Um, no, I think before we were always limited in our food offerings by space and that's shelf I space. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. In the stores. So, you know, in the Chelsea market store in the Tribeca Chinatown store, we have like one 
shelf or one set of shelves. And that's um, mm -hmm. all we really had room for. And now actually that people aren't coming into the store, um, it is it's a little messier <laughs> because we're just <laughs> scrambling to fulfill these orders. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of energy that gets taken by, you know, presenting merchandise in a certain way. So it's a little bit of a relief to be able to fulfill these orders and just kind of like, you know, churn through them um, and, and not have to worry about the stores looking so perfect. Um, right. So the, yeah, there's it's something of a little bit of a relief, especially during this time when all of us may not be looking our best or presenting at our best um, mm -hmm. to just kind of get the work done. There's something very satisfying about that. Yeah. Um, so other than um, even more snack options, what are some of the other new items you're stocking now for this time? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, as you know, we, we had uh, tons of items before. So um, our SKU list is in the tens of thousands. Um, so I think for me, I, I really started and, and created a list, you know, let's meet our customers where they are. What what are they doing right now besides baking sourdough bread, right? Which which we don't really do. Mm -hmm. Guilty, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're, um, they're working from home. They wanna feel comfortable at home. I think, um, yeah. you know, especially in March and April, people, you know, there was so much anxiety. So what what is it that we could provide that made people feel, um, uh, you know, maybe recall back to a certain more comfortable time, more comforting mm -hmm. time. Um, okay. So we really emphasized, um, you know, I think one week we um, promoted like apothecary items. So just like tiger balm and oh, um, nice. yeah. yeah, some like white flower oil to kind of soothe you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, K-beauty masks because you're at home and, you know, maybe you want to treat yourself a little bit. Um, we also know that for the next probably like 12 to 18 months, two years, you know, we're going to be wearing masks and it'll become probably, you know, part of your fashion, part of, um, yeah. you know, your routine. And, mm -hmm. um, so, uh, we actually just, um, uh, debuted some masks with our partner, um, Christine Wong of Conscious Cooking, and she's a sustainability expert, and she um, has always been a fan of our signature Peony Phoenix fabric um, that Mrs. Chen sourced like 20 years ago in China, and we've created a lot of items yeah. um, from this, but it's so cheerful. She's like hand-sewn all of them. And so iconic. I saw them on your Instagram, and they're so, gorgeous. Yeah, so iconic, and then Christine made them reversible, and they they actually, Ooh, yeah, yeah, they fit. Um, they it was funny because we were going back and forth about whether it's a tie strap or um, uh, an elastic loop, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm always the one who's kind of like, ah, let's just do the easy thing. She's like, no, 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 the, like the tie is really nice, and she created both. I'm like, yeah, you're right, the tie is really nice, like because it <laughs> it really like fits your face and um, it doesn't feel kind of like a surgical mask that you put on. It's very special. Like I feel like when you put it on, you're like, oh, I feel special in this, which is not really what you expect from putting on a face mask, you know? Yeah. Um, staying healthy and fashionable at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> That's yes. Something to strive for these days. Yes. Um, yeah. So, how has the pandemic affected your plans for um, the rest of the year? Yeah. I mean, as I had mentioned to you when we spoke back, wow, it was, um, I remember mm -hmm. it was the day before Halloween um, when we spoke. Um, That's right. 
Yeah, we were planning actually to open our fourth store, Pearl River Mart Foods, um, mm-hmm. this month. Um, so it was supposed to be in May. Um, so obviously that's not happening um, probably for a few months. Um, the project is still on track for right now. You know, I'm knocking on wood that it still does happen. Um, but, you know, the landscape is um, is changing so rapidly. And I think it's really hard for anyone to predict what the future of um, not just retail, but uh, just all small business and um, hospitality and tourism. You know, what is that going to look like um, six months from now? Um, it's tough, but, you know, I think everyone will be eating food. So we've kind of accelerated um, the offerings that we were planning to offer um, at Piran mm. Foods since we now have, you know, we, since we are now kind of shipping more and delivering more and having curbside pickup. So um, we had always planned to kind of curate um, the essentials that we love um, in order to try, kind of take all of the the choice that's um, sometimes very anxiety producing um, out of the equation for people. Um, and then to also partner with um, some Asian American brands and entrepreneurs and chefs who are doing like amazing things. And there have been mm-hmm. so many great sauces that have come out of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're excited to kind of, um, you know, uh, roll out each of these offerings. Um, and, and it makes people happy. I think just having um, things that they can cook with and taste and still kind of feel a little bit normal um, during these times. Yeah. Do you foresee the physical space um, opening up when the city reopens in a like a hundred percent way? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. Or that's... now that you've like kind of rolled out the uh, digital version um, of those offerings? Yeah, I think that's the number one question right now. Um, I'm actually serving on um, the Mayor's Small Business Advisory Council. And um, we've been having a lot of conversations about what this looks like when the physical Mm -hmm. spaces open up. Um, And it's actually been really rewarding to be um, uh, with this group. It's a group, a very diverse group from could you um, yeah tell yeah. us more like how did you get involved and and you know what do you guys do there at the council yeah so um the the mayor um this is a few weeks ago he announced um 10 different sectors um uh where he would convene a council um of people to kind of advise him as far as the reopening of new york city so mm-hmm. um, i think there's like a nonprofit group and there's a restaurant group and um a higher education and so um i was invited onto the small business group and um, the group is about maybe 30 to 40 um people um, a mix of small business owners um, in a number mm-hmm. of different industries. So beauty salons, retail, restaurants, mm-hmm. um, specialty foods. Um, and then there are also <clears throat> um, civic and com- community leaders. So mm-hmm. I think each borough's um, chamber of commerce is um, represented um, from uh, Chinatown, the Chinatown um, uh, bid Executive Director Wellington Chen is on it, and um, Joanne Yu, who is the head of the Asian American Federation, is also represented. Um, And uh, it's great because I think we get into the nuts and bolts, and especially as a small business owner, it's very satisfying to be able to um, talk about the practical and to really get down to it and um, and also to um, hear uh, everybody else's experiences 
um, both the commonalities and kind of what makes us all different. Um, especially because I think owning a business sometimes is very lonely. Um, and, you know, you're often making decisions as best as you can with whatever knowledge you can. But um, it's not like working like when I used to work in a corporate environment where there's like a team and you sit down and, um, uh, you know, really kind of like mash it through. Um, I just, mm -hmm. I usually just don't have the time to do that. So um, if I'm lucky, you know, myself and my in-laws will get together and, and be able to talk about um, certain things. But, you know, most of the time we just yeah, have to. Yeah, otherwise we're like making decisions on the fly. Yeah, you just have to make decisions on the fly. And actually when we first closed down, um, I actually, I like to create plans. It makes me feel better. <laughs> so, but every single day there was a different operational plan <laughs> because things changed so quickly. Um, so every yeah. day that things changed, there was a new plan um, until I just gave up. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully things have stabilized and um, yeah, I think we're just, we're trying just like everybody else to figure out what's, what's the best that I can do at least for this day and this week and for this month. And, you know, we're, we're kind of all in this together. So let's, let's figure mm -hmm. it out. So has the mayor um, taken, um, you know, some opinions and advice that you guys have provided and like, um, is there action coming from this council? Are there desired outcomes or goals you guys are trying to achieve? Yeah, um, I was very surprised. So the first meeting, I think, um, you know, none of us really knew at the time what to expect because it was a big Zoom call, tons of people on on the call. Oh, oh that's right. It has to be on Zoom. Absolutely. It's not in person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so the mayor was on that call. And I think everybody was still, uh, you know, they were just feeling you know, um, like many of us, um, and I, I don't want to elevate kind of small business owners problems, but there are, you know, 20,000 decisions you have to make and you feel infuriated sometimes by, let's say a complicated process, like the PPP loan process, or the fact that mm -hmm. you need PPE for your employees or, um, you know, delivery people and everything has been a battle really. Um, so that first meeting was really a lot of unloading. Um, yeah. But it, but in a very a like frustration. Yeah, but in a very respectful manner. And um, to their credit, mm. um, it, I think the mayor's office was on. Um, it was the commissioner and the deputy commissioner of small business services. Um, you know, it was it was a good group, and they were all listening. And um, and I could really tell that, uh, you know, a lot of, they did a, you know, pre-calls and really like wanted to know what were the commonalities that we all had and what were the differences. So I was sure. actually, um, there's so many people on the call. So really, um, uh, only a few people could speak for, you know, every, uh, meeting. So that first meeting, mm -hmm. um, I was one of the people that they invited to speak for like two minutes. And I really felt like it was important to let the mayor know that, um, the Asian American community was hurting and um, mm -hmm. that Chinatown was hurting because yeah. um, Chinatown had essentially closed or was closing right. for two months, you know, before uh, the rest of the city shut down. And mm -hmm. I was surprised because um, he was very attentive and um, listening. And then um, the next day he actually um, spoke about my comments um, in his daily briefing. And those were actually the only comments that he mentioned wow. from that call. Yeah. yeah. And I was okay. just really amazed, a, you know, <laughs> impact, at least in terms of like, getting that message across and then for him to then deliver it to the masses. 
Yeah, and I, I, that meant a lot to me. Um, and I think you're always, you know, I think with elected leaders, you're always kind of um, like trying to figure out like what's the what's the impact you know is this really going to make a difference and um and I was just glad because I I felt like that was something that um the Chinatown community um kind of needed to hear too that yeah. um they they had gone through a tough time and the other thing that I emphasized was that even though this community um has been and is going through a hard time like the level of innovation and community spirit is off the charts it's amazing um just you know how people have come and have come together and really um thought of different ways to help seniors to help the vulnerable communities like to raise money for masks or um you know to make sure that our frontliners are our frontline um, health workers are protected and that's been really inspiring actually just to see like wow there's all these cool ideas that are happening and um and i think and i hope i'm pretty sure it will continue um after we all get back to normal which is really nice yeah yeah that's great to hear so we're gonna take a really short break and we'll be right back with more feast meets west This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. A cherry isn't just a cherry. When it comes to tart cherries, the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry variety is the cherry with more. They're available year-round, dried, frozen, canned, juice, and concentrate. U.S. Montmorency tart cherries are also one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Tart cherries contain many antioxidants and beneficial phytonutrients, including anthocyanins, the pigments that give tart cherries their beautiful red color. And don't forget about flavor. U.S. Montmorency's unique sour-sweet profile makes them an excellent addition to yogurt, oatmeal, salads, trail mix, and of course, a classic cherry pie. Learn more about the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency Tart Cherry at ChooseCherries.com. All right, welcome back. We have Joanne on the line with us. Um, So you were just sharing with us about some of the work you've been doing uh, with the mayor's office on the council. Um, and you also mentioned how um, Chinatown, a lot of local communities have been really active in supporting um, the frontline workers. And I actually saw on um, your Instagram that you guys were, you know, doing some work with like the healthcare professionals as well. Could you talk a little bit about that and some of the other special projects you've been working on during this time? Yes. Um, so it was probably at the end of March. Um, every week feels like so long ago, but at the end of March, um, that's really when we were about to embark on the peak, right? We didn't know where the peak was going to be. And there yeah. was a, a week when um, it it was just, it felt so dire because... Um, yeah, it was so scary. It was so scary. Like, knock on wood, hopefully, you know, I mean, it, it definitely looks like we've turned a new page. Yeah. So that was a very scary moment. Yeah. And um, and just the reports from the hospitals 
that the doctors and the nurses didn't have PPE. Um, and I um, had called some of my doctor friends um, just to see how they were doing. And, um, right. and, and one friend told me about her husband who... Uh, they're both doctors. Um, her husband is an ER doctor mm -hmm. and um, that she was online for him, like looking for um, like full body uh, uh, suits, you know, um, and mm -hmm. uh, she also considered it, but it was really expensive. It was a couple thousand dollars, but she was willing to do it. And um, she was also oh considering God. a motorcycle helmet. And I was like, oh, my God, a motorcycle helmet. And she was like, it's better than nothing. And Better than um, nothing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And some people were kind of strapping on, like, maxi pads. And, uh, and just, yeah. I don't know, there was a story about, like, people, um, nurses being given, like, Yankees ponchos. It was just crazy. And, um, and at the same time, um, we were getting... Uh, some emails from our suppliers that said, hey, we have a shipment of um, KN95 masks. Do you need these? And um, uh, my mother-in-law forwarded it to me. And I thought, oh, you know, uh, yeah, like we definitely like try to get all of them because wow, I know. Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah. It was cause... good of your supplier to be proactive to share well, information too. Uh, yes and no, because I, I think at okay. that time the KN95s um, were... Uh, hitting the streets, but it was so confusing because there was no coordination on the federal level. So were yeah. KN95s approved or not um, to be used? And actually at the time they were not. I see. So yeah, mm. so you could buy some um, KN95s that were just kind of, you know, on the streets or actually in grocery stores in, um, in Chinatown if you could find them. Um, and we just wanted to buy all of them because we wanted to give them to the hospitals. Um, uh, but they were yeah. actually at that time pretty expensive because, um, I think that was the time when everybody freaked out and they knew that we needed PPE. And I knew personally just from doing this, um, that it was going to take a, like a couple weeks, you know, to get, um, the, to get PPE if it was coming from China, um, you know, so I just thought like, let's get the whole thing. Um, but like we ourselves couldn't afford it. So we actually uh, posted a GoFundMe because I wanted to buy mm -hmm. that whole lot. And mm -hmm. uh, we bought ourselves um, a few hundred because um, I just, we wanted to donate them. Um, but the other problem was also who to give them to because I emailed mm -hmm. all of the hospitals um, and they had like a generic line, but I think they were over, this is what I learned later, they were overwhelmed um, because it wasn't just like, people who wanted to donate to them. It was people who wanted to sell to them and maybe mm. price gouge. And they had to kind of like sift through all of that. So right. I, um, yeah, so I um, asked uh, two doctor friends and, um, you know, one of them uh, is my neighbor. She's my downstairs neighbor. And mm -hmm. she worked um, at Elmhurst Hospital. And then there was another friend. Um, he worked at another hospital. So they both said, like, mm -hmm. yes, we are desperate. Like, get, give us whatever you can. I said, okay, I'm going to place the order. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to buy whatever this guy has. And, um, and I did. And then after that, I went back to my male friend. And he, his wife actually said, um, we can't do it because they're getting in trouble. It's just, it's too risky for us. Like we can't bring it in. And I thought, oh no. crap, like what did I just do? Um, if, you know, I bought all these things and I can't distribute them because I did know the KN95s at that point were not um, allowed to be imported because they had not been approved yet. Um, luckily my friend at Elmhurst, she said, 
it is chaos here. Like, just we'll take it. We'll take whatever. And mm-hmm. I was so grateful um, because she needed it. I mean, like Elmhurst is, is was the epicenter um, yeah. in a way. I think maybe still is. And um, it's a public hospital. And, um, you know, she was like, oh, I, I drive um, in on on these days. So if you can get it by this day, that would be amazing. So, yeah, we like did the we did the pass off. Um, I picked the drop. up yeah. <laughs> the drop. Yeah, my um, the vendor dropped it off at my in-laws house um, uh, near Chinatown. And then we drove down to have this like contactless drop off from my in-laws. Um, and then I, I handed it over to my neighbor downstairs, right downstairs from where we live. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just so sure that everyone at the hospital um, is so incredibly grateful for your effort around all of this. Um, yeah, it was, I was so, <laughs> so, um, really nice because, um, we ended up the GoFundMe ended up garner, um, raising almost $70,000 for PPE. Um, and so we, we, um, I partnered with a friend who already had a big order coming and the, the PPE market was crazy. It's actually still crazy, I think. So, um, she mm-hmm. had troubles getting that shipment in, um, so I freaked out and I was like, oh, I, I got to place my own order. So I placed, I um, went through all of these vendors because there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of counterfeit um, merchandise. Um, and it's oh, so disappointing yes, to hear that. Uh, yeah. And even though we have, you know, trusted people with boots on the ground um, in China, for example, um, even they were kind of like, oh, wow. Like, I, I remember there was one night, it was like 3 a.m. and I was emailing with um, my counterpart in China, and I was mm-hmm. about to buy a whole bunch of these masks, and I looked carefully at it, and I actually used to be a copyright lawyer, so I looked at the logo, and I was like, oh my god, it's slightly off, and it oh. really freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, good thing you checked. Yes, yeah, and, and, that, and then I told her, and she freaked out, because she was like, oh my god, and so anyway, um, after a lot of back and forth, we ended up, um, uh, I decided not to look for N95s anymore, so those are um, the U.S. equivalents, there are very few of them, mm-hmm. and I think they're harder to get, they're just more regulated, so KN95s um, are the Chinese equivalent, which um, medical workers use there too, I mean, you know, the market, I think, also has you know, has had some problems with counterfeit um, goods, but it was less so because there was just more available. Um, so um, I found, uh, you know, a, a pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I feel very um, confident in this person um, because mm-hmm. he, they're straight from the manufacturer. So yeah. there's no brokering involved. Um, so uh, yeah, so those are kind of masks that we have now. And they finally landed and, um uh, we've had a couple of small shipments in between, but um, mm-hmm. thankfully I went back to my friend who's at Elmhurst and I said, hey, do you guys still need masks? We had done like one other mask drop since um, the first one. And she said, you know, you know, thankfully, I think we're stabilized at the moment, which I was so grateful mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Um, but she said she was like, you know, my residents will always remember that shipment of yours from that first week because it was so scary at the time. They'll always remember that shipment. And that meant so much to me. Um that, I don't know, that in, in our small way, like, we were able to help. Um, so, yeah, that meant a lot. Yeah, that's such a good story, Joanne. And uh, who knew you would become such a mass expert at this point? Yeah, like, medical devices. It's me. 
<laughs> yeah. Jack of all trades here. Um, so it's great to hear also from your friend as well that um, w- with regards to PPE, even though it's still a challenge, things are starting to stabilize. Um, so what would you say from your perspective? What should we be doing now as responsible consumers to support small businesses and our community? Like in the same way that you have been able to help your community and you definitely went the extra mile. What are some of the other things that um, us regular folk can can do? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think um, a lot of people have been stepping up. I think I think personally, uh, it has been scary the last couple of years just to see kind of the um, demise, really the very slow demise of retail. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think this the pandemic um, has awakened people to a lot of realizations. Um, but one of them also is about um, small businesses and the fact that they do need support if you want them to exist. And whether that's a restaurant or a hair salon or a retail store, um, we had become yeah, so reliant. You can't take it for granted. Right. Like we had become so reliant on kind of the Amazons and the Costco's and the targets. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a place absolutely for um, those stores because, you know, they provide a service and they innovated. Um, but there there has to be I think we have to choose um, to make sure that there is room for small business owners, too, because they really are the fabric of each of our neighborhoods. So the people who are, you know, like getting the PPE and trying to um do the neighborhood watches and providing food for the seniors like those are the the mom and pops um you know they're they're really not the big box companies that are that are doing that um and when you lose these small businesses uh you know you lose th- that fabric and you have yes, these em- empty yeah. storefronts that lead to urban blight and you miss out mm-hmm. on the human interactions and the innovation and the personalization and um and, and I think I hope that people do realize that. So uh, speed and uh, low lowest price definitely does have um, a factor to be played in your mm-hmm. purchasing decisions. Yeah. Um, but so does community spirit, and so does you know yeah. supporting your neighbors. Um, so uh, I hope that that's um, something that that people remember um, beyond the short term. Mm-hmm. We all have to be. Um, a little bit more responsible, just more conscientious of our um, buying power and our purchasing decisions. And each one of those can actually create an impact to our community. And so that's definitely a, a stronger thought that's kind of come to the forefront of um, every consumer's mind, I hope, too. Yeah, I think sometimes when people browse in a brick and mortar store, they will look at a product and then sometimes try to find it on Amazon or online, Google Shopping. Mm -hmm. And if it's cheaper, you know, they'll sometimes order it with their mobile device. And I think people can still do that, obviously, um, comparison shop. Um, But I think I I hope that people make that decision to say like, oh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a buck or two more here, but I'll be supporting this neighborhood Mm -hmm. institution. So I I do. Yeah, and I love walking past and like saying hi to my like friendly neighbors there. So yeah, um, that's definitely worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what 
has it been like transitioning to work from home? I usually see you like all over the city, like doing events, <laughs> visiting your multiple locations of stores. Um, so now you're uh, sheltering in place. What's that like? Yeah, um, it is. Uh, there's a lot of yelling. Um, the the first <laughs> why eight, yelling? Eight, <laughs> there's a lot of yelling the first eight hours of the day because we're homeschooling uh, my six year old and my nine year old. And uh, yes, there is uh, there is some homeschooling actual teaching going on, but there was a lot of yelling to hurry up and, <laughs> and and get it done. Um, but yeah, I think um, I. I don't mind it. I feel I, I am working harder um, than I uh, probably was before just because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like you are cooking and you're cleaning and taking care of the kids. And um, yeah. I'm also, you know, buying groceries for my mom, driving it out to her. I'm the delivery person, you know, so. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I don't mind because I, I do feel like, um, you know, this is a short amount of time. It's really, it's nice to be as a family unit, um, you know, together. And I actually do appreciate the quiet time um, at the stores in order to kind of think about what do we really need? Strip down, like, were we doing stuff that we didn't need to be doing? And uh, where do we go from here? Because it's really almost a blank slate for everybody. Um, so how do we make this better? Um, so, you know, uh, do I wish I was in this position? Probably not. But like, um, I am appreciative of the time um, to to think about it um, a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have so much on your plate. Have you been able to carve time out for yourself um, to find some time to stay sane through all this madness? rediscovered a love of puzzling as many people do I've not baked the bread (laughs) but I really enjoy the puzzling it's uh it's it's super fun and I actually really um now that nobody's in the stores sometimes when I'm working by myself there or with one or two other people um I get to listen I bring my bluetooth speaker and I listen to podcasts so I've I've caught up on all my face meets west podcasts (laughs) um and it's actually really enjoyable and um and it's funny because I now drive in a car which I had not done so I do have more time to listen to these podcasts which is great yeah um it sounds like you've found joys in even doing your work by yourself Um, (laughs) that's definitely something that's a that's a way to go about it for sure yes um (laughs) so what are uh your family's plans for this summer like what do you guys usually do um so yeah usually the kids go to camp um yeah And that's a big question mark for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really think I, I would send my kids to camp. Um, and yeah, I mean, we usually do a sourcing trip to Asia every year, mm-hmm. every summer in August. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that looks like either, you know, if people are actually going to be traveling. Um, so I think our, our hope again is just to kind of make it through the week and the month and um yeah if we could just yeah and every week is different so yeah so i think if we could just get get back to those everyday enjoyments that would be enough enough for us so um and what are you most excited about uh when the city fully reopens um i am excited to see my I'm excited to see my kids interact with other kids again. 
Um, there's a little mm. bit of guilt. I mean, it's not that I can do anything about it, but um, I don't know. This probably ages me, but like there is that book series, like Flowers in the Attic. Like I used to read that when I was little and it was about um, these kids that were locked in the attic, never got to see people and they turned all like Aww. sallow. <laughs> And, I, oh, and no. that's like my night. I'm like, oh my god! Like my kids are gonna turn into the flowers, in the, flowers in the attic kids. Um, so I would love to see them. Yeah, just playing with their friends. And um, and I actually did hear your um, episode, um, your first episode back um, last week. And I think mm-hmm. it was Amelie. She said that she wanted to go to a diner. And actually, that's the same thing that I would like to do because we go to a diner every Saturday, or we used to. And I would just love mm-hmm. to go to the diner and um, and get a meal. Yeah, reclaiming those like mundane but um, delicious treats and rituals back. Exactly. That's be <laughs> so nice. Yes. Aww. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for taking a moment to chat with me. Um, thank you for having care. me. Take care. Yeah, and I'll, I'll see you um, really soon, I hope. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Stay safe. You too. That's it for our show. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support, and it would mean so much if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another conversation from the world of Asian food. Feast Meets West is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to find out more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.